Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, and a podcast about finance be entertaining. Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never gets this old. Is, this is cool. I know, we laugh every time. This drink looks very cool. Yeah. Caleb sends me on this journey. <laughs> Go find some egg white stuff. Yeah. Mixer. So, well, okay. When we get into the ingredients here, we'll kind of. Uh, I think that's why we're excited. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust egg whites in a cocktail. Yeah. Um. Not just because you can get sick from it. I, I'm okay with that. You know, when we we spent a lot of time at New Riff Distillery down in yeah. uh, Co- uh, is it Covington or I mean basically Cincinnati. But yeah, I right. think technically Covington. Yeah. Uh, and they have really really top tier bartenders there and i asked about egg whites and drinks and you know they said if you don't do it just right it's gonna taste like wet dog so ooh, ooh. i can't imagine that'd be any good so yeah we found a replacement for egg whites <laughs> but it's a pretty common thing so yeah we'll get into it we're drinking something called the clover club today jason sounds good i thought something with the name club in it was appropriate when ooh. we're talking about timeshares oh. today dun, 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 the dun, truth dun. cue the music timeshares <laughs> You know what? Like uh, it's more than episode, just a free vacation. <laughs> it's not free, and you have a lot of opinions about this one too. Oh, I'm sure, gosh. right? I'm gonna be so fired up. <laughs> so we're talking timeshares. Good thing there's gin in this. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> summer and gin—they go together like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> what? <All right. laughs> okay, man. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh. So we're drinking Clover Clubs today, Jason. And uh, if you're mixing up at home. You know, you can take a little bit of liberty with this. We did. Your base ingredient is going to be gin. We use a London dry gin. Two ounces of gin, a half an ounce of lemon juice. Again, I'll reiterate, like in every episode, fresh <laughs> squeezed lemon juice. Yes. No substitute for that. Now, a half ounce of raspberry syrup. Okay. Here's where we took a little bit of liberty. We've got like a blackberry raspberry mixer, cocktail mixer that we yeah. used in this one. Because really, for the most part, it had been sitting in the cabinet and we needed to find a use for it. <laughs> I think uh, you, you can take a little bit of liberty here. Um, I mean, people, fr- fresh raspberries, you could you could squish them down to. You can mix it in with a simple syrup. Yep. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. So uh, I guess your mileage may vary on this one. <laughs> and egg white is called for. That's where we use. I don't have it in front of me. Fee Brothers frothy mixer frothy or something mixer, like yep. that. Or yep. Substitute, yeah, frothy. I don't know. Uh, instead of an egg white, uh, probably that at way, your local liquor store, not at the grocery store. I would think. Yeah, um, it looks disgusting. It not looks, gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> looks like somebody spit in a jar. It's and I've gross. never had it, so we'll find out if it is disgusting. Exactly. <laughs> Again, like in the last episode, we talked about drinks that are completely new to us and trying them on mic. That's uh, what we're gonna do today. So right. I might love it, I might hate it, but darn it, this drink looks cool, Jason. Uh, oh, and if you'd like to garnish this with uh, raspberries, yes, we don't have make any fresh raspberries. Pretty. But anyway, let's uh, let's try let's it out, try buddy. It. Cheers. Oh wow, that's terrible. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! What did you do to me? How did you ruin Jen? <laughs> you know what? Oh, time out. I need a break. That's not very good. And drinking water. Our, our compliance guy is here, Kingston. What do you think of that? terrible the word of the day no you know what okay i'm going back i'm going back i'll do one more oh my gosh that's Um, horrible it's really really tart why is it so tart okay we need to find out what's going on here so i'm gonna hit the pause button jason and we're gonna try these ingredients what happened (laughs) we gotta find the culprit here we'll be right back 
and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, that was bad. That was bad. That is a precursor of the episode we're doing today, Ooh. just so you know. Uh, <laughs> look, I, if you, uh, I'm going to describe this if you're listening, and I found the culprit. It was the frothy mix. It was. It's awful. If you remember the Warhead candy from when you were a kid, the sour yeah, warheads. Exactly. And they had different levels of sour, by the way. I think they had like nuclear warheads, they had atomic <laughs> warheads, the lemon. Man, they were bad. It's you, like you, a warhead, but right. but here's the deal. You know, right away when you take it out of the package and mm-hmm. you you pop that baby it's in sweet, and it's right? so hot. No, yeah. it's it's oh, yeah, sweet yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, right, right, right. So I would say it's like immediately you throw a warhead in your mouth and then while it's still just destroying your tongue, you lick a nine volt battery at the same time. <laughs> That's what the frothy mix was like. So uh, the berry mix actually is quite delightful. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, we we I expected it to be sweet. Yeah, and I did too. I thought that frothy mix would just be just disappear. I'm just gonna say it. I would have rather taken a chance on the wet dog taste than drink that again i think we might want to try it again with the wet dog taste real potentially at one of these days we're going to have to just man up yeah and, and go egg whites so so we compromised here or we yeah. we kind of improvised i guess not i yeah we improvised we're gonna try it again on the fly i think this will probably be so much what did more you drinkable. do i just took that frothy mix out entirely okay let's try it yeah of course it's okay gin and lemon i guess it's okay nah i would never drink this again that's not very good you know what else is not very good (laughs) great segue jason we're talking about timeshares today oh boy okay let's set the stage here let's talk about first what is a timeshare exactly how does it work we'll get into pros and cons there are pros and cons i promise all right so timeshare first of all merriam webster defines it as what go i'm just kidding uh vacation ownership you know, it's a lifetime commitment to paying for trips at the same resort. Basically, I don't know what. How would or, you define or multiple it? resorts around the uh, country. a resort family? A family, yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty good. You know, they are oftentimes sold as like point systems yep. or you know specific. Now you're needs. jumping the gun. I, I know, but they're <laughs> you're getting some time component in a vacation resort somewhere in the country potentially a family of resorts. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, they control when and how much it's going to be. Let's just call it prepaid vacations. I think okay. that's probably one of the best ways of looking at it. You say prepaid though, and that's not even entirely fair because you keep paying. Yeah. <laughs> you may or may not take the vacation. <laughs> so it's funny. Uh, we're talking about timeshares and I remember timeshares from our early vacations, not because we ever owned a timeshare, but because my dad who is one of the most frugal guys I know, also one of the smartest guys I know. You know, I've probably said this on the podcast before. When you're a little kid, your dad is your hero. He's the smartest guy ever. Then you're in high school and your dad's stupid and doesn't know anything. (laughs) And then you move out on your own. You're like, oh, wait, no, dad's the smartest guy I know. He's actually, yeah. Um, I remember uh, my grandparents had a place in Florida, Mm -hmm. uh, not far from Orlando. And um, I grew up on a farm, so... Right. Winter was when we took vacations. We would go to Florida, see grandma and grandpa down there. And we generally tied like Disney and Universal Studios sure. and stuff like that in. Right. Well, how did we get our Disney tickets? Here's the funny thing. I just took my kids to Disney. Right. Right. And tickets are not cheap, mind you. But what my dad was willing to sit through to get Disney tickets was a timeshare pitch, Jason. Gosh. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) 
<laughs> we would. It's isn't that that is such a farmer thing. That to is do. how cheap people end up buying timeshares, <laughs> right there. <laughs> we spent usually the first day of our vacation sitting through multiple timeshare pitches. Oh, Jason, jeez, you had to get enough tickets. We had to get Disney tickets. We had to get our Universal, oh, and you know whatever else. Gracious. So Dad would always say, "Hey, if you guys want to do this, 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 and this, then we're gonna we're gonna put in the work on the first day. <laughs> we're gonna put the work in." <laughs> I can remember. I love it. <laughs> I can remember sitting there and listening to these pitches and you know i'm seven or eight years old going this sounds really good this sounds really good these people are awesome we should probably get one of these right (laughs) right exactly exactly Uh, yeah and you're standing in line at disney the next day and you're like asking the kid behind you how many timeshare pitches did you have to listen to yeah and they're like what are you talking about So we bought a wow. timeshare exactly zero times. You know, well, that's good. Dad was very. Resolute. That's actually surprising. That's surprising. I mean, here's the deal. He would come in and he'd say, "Now look, here's what I want you to understand. I am not buying a timeshare. I'm here for the Disney tickets." And they say, "Hey, that's fair enough. Sit through our pitch and we'll talk." He never bought a timeshare. That I mean, honestly, he's an exception. He's an exception. I mean, most people come in. It is. A hard close, Glen Gary, Glen Ross style. Oh yeah, sales pitch. You man. will not leave this room alive. Always be closing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we laugh, but they're they're kind of they're kind of destructive. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. But they do make it sound. We might awful. get a letter for this one. <laughs> they make it so. sound really good though. They, yeah. Seven year old me thought it sounded like a great deal, Jason. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Look, these come with upfront costs, right? Mm-hmm. So you buy into the pitch. You like the idea of being able to take a vacation all over the country. You know, I got a week here. I can use a week here. You know, and and I, I've had family members who have said, "Hey, this is great because if I don't use it, I can give a week give to a, a family member." Right. And I'll I've benefited from one of these. Sure. My, I had an aunt and uncle that that bought a timeshare that my honeymoon was paid for. They said, you know, hey congratulations, we want to take care of your honeymoon. Where do you want to go? Here are the lists, right? That's awesome. We went to Virginia Beach, Williamsburg area. It was a great time. However, I mean, not a great financial uh, move on my aunt and uncle's part, (laughs) probably. But they had all these weeks they had to use. So it was great. They didn't intend on giving their their nephew a uh, honeymoon. It was just because they had it. Yeah. So, I mean, but a lot of people go into it with that idea. Right. That's nice. Financially, Jason, doesn't make sense. No, I mean, it just doesn't. Again, we're kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, but... Okay, you know, you're right. We are. Let's yeah. talk about the structure first, because you started I, you, getting into it a little you, bit. You need to understand why this is why this is so hard to work through. Well, before we talk about the structure, let's talk about averages, because you know me, I like cold, hard averages, the numbers, the yeah, exactly. emotionless stuff, right? Sure. So generally, you buy into this pitch. It sounds great. You're going to mm-hmm. have X amount of weeks. You can, you know... You can rent it out. You can you can give it to family. All whatever, right? Okay. On average, you're gonna pay twenty two thousand dollars up front for this privilege. Okay. On average. On average, you have annual maintenance expenses. By the way, which as of now, this is just the maintenance expenses of nine hundred forty dollars a year. Which you know, I don't know adjusted Gosh, numbers with inflation. Or that seems at. really low. On average, they go up about four percent a year. Okay. Wow. That's got to be higher now, I would imagine. Most folks we've run into pay that on a monthly basis, though. <laughs> you know, they'll just pay like a, a monthly bill. Just, I mean, they turn now, into... Now, this is just maintenance, though. So, you know, there are other things sure. that might wrap into that monthly. You know, you've got, in some cases, HOA fees. Right. Property taxes. Right. It's funny because it's it gives the semblance of ownership, but there's not real ownership there. No, you're just kind enough to pay for the owner's expenses. Right. <laughs> right. So, okay, 
we're we're talking about the upfront, the ongoing. You know, on average twenty three thousand upfront. On average, let's call it a thousand bucks a year, and on average, expect it to go up four percent. Now, expect it to. There's no guarantees, right? In a lot of cases, you're looking at a lifetime commitment. Lifetime. In most cases, Jason, is a lifetime commitment anything? Well, other than my wife and kids, probably not. <laughs> so let's talk about the different types of contracts. Um, really, there's two main contracts. You kind of started diving into this a little bit. The point system and all that is kind of a way that they divvy up the time. But there's something called a shared deeded contract, Okay, wow, which is basically dividing up the property ownership. This can be transferred by selling or gifting, more likely gifting. Because it's it's awesome to own a piece of property with someone you've never met in your life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Well, and and I think a lot of times it's, you know, well, you can always sell out of it. But like anything, there's got to be somebody there willing to buy, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's one way. The other would be a shared lease. This is what I'm more familiar with, which is kind of a right to use contract, right? It gives the right to use but no real estate ownership. It's funny because preparing for the episode, uh, obviously Dave Ramsey has a lot of uh, opinions Talks. on this too. He calls it fake estate, and I think that's genius. That's great. It's not real estate. It's fake, fake estate. estate. There's actually no real ownership. Right. So right. Let's talk pros and cons, and and we can kind of talk situations here over the last couple of years. So lifetime commitment, upfront expenses, annual expenses, the semblance of ownership. Right. By the way, while we're talking expenses, I guess when you look at these averages and put it all together. Let's say you have one for 10 years and you use it, uh, you know, a, a week out of the year for 10 years. Right. You're looking at like 450 bucks a night. Yeah, but that's just you, the, that's just the raw cost. Right. And you're committing to the same place or the same chain of places for 10 years. Let's say in this example, hey, 450 bucks gets you a pretty nice hotel if you want to go check something out. Oh, uh, like new, a really right? nice hotel. Yeah. And so we said the average cost is. Twenty two thousand up front. Yep. $22,000 up front. You know, are you doing math? Over I that? am. Yeah. So bear with me. Me, 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 me. I'm just using a 6% return here. Does not compute. Does not. <laughs> I mean, 39 grand at the end of 10 years compounded. I don't know, man. That's a lot of vacations. Like, and not just, not just like in one spot. Yeah, the, you like, didn't even, con- you didn't even put your maintenance fees no, in, in HOA. No, and stuff I mean, like you, that you don't there. even, you don't have to. I mean, Thirty-nine grand. If if you spend thirty-nine thousand dollars on vacations in ten years, you you are you're working at it. It's good. I mean, it's four grand a year. You know, we live in the Midwest. I know there's people that do it. I get that. I I do. But I'm just I I, I did a little bit of research on vacations, and it seems to be average. We're behind. We're behind. Average. Is that what you're saying? I, well, the average vacation. Is I think they said per member of, of your family about twelve hundred dollars per person. Oh, in that case, I'm average, spending like four hundred grand a year. <laughs> the average <laughs> cost of a, a vacation, or you know what people spend, I guess, sure. equates to about twelve hundred dollars. Okay, per family fine. Member. So I'm I'm wrong. I'll use a ten percent return, which is better for a market perspective. Fifty seven grand in ten years. That's a lot. It's a lot of vacations. Okay, so like. And if you were like my dad growing up, he had to buy a new car before every vacation. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got to get there, right? <laughs> so you could afford all of that and it wouldn't even be a problem. I don't know. Well, okay. We talked about upfront fees, you know, overall cost over time a, a little bit. Uh, we talked about the different kinds of contracts and things like that. And I, and I think it's interesting. We talked about being able to transfer or sell. Jason, 
how easy it is, is it to sell a timeshare? Well, this is an industry for crying out loud. It's not easy to sell. Or, I, I or would, get out of this I would contract, almost right? put it in the impossible category. Uh, these contracts have been honed in and really, really manufactured to the point that it basically makes it impossible to transfer this to somebody else. I had a, a client who had this in an estate. You know, dad passed away, had a timeshare, and they were coming after the estate. I mean, it was yeah nuts what these folks were doing. Did you look at my notes? I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but that's, this that's really, great. It really happened. I mean, and this is a place that like they went to in 20 years, mm-hmm. like five times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because as you age, you can't travel. It was in Mexico. You can't travel. Like, like pandemic situations. Right. You couldn't go. Right. What are you going to do there? Exactly. You're not getting your money back. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you're going to pay an attorney to fight these vultures away. So here's the deal. We try to be fair and balanced and unbiased when we set this up and then we do our whole good or bad for us. Was that the fair and balanced part? Uh, I think it was close. I think think you know where we're going to stack up on this. Let's talk (laughs) about pros and why somebody would do it because there's an awful lot of people who own these, Jason. There's got to be something good, right? Okay. So pros would be you've got a guaranteed time at a resort or, you know, and I say guaranteed, but you got to get on it usually too, because there are other people with guaranteed weeks, right? Right. So, I mean, so. I guess you could say it's a forced vacation, you know, if you value yeah, money at all. Because if you don't take it, you've already spent it, the money. It's gone. And yeah. I mean, for someone like us, we'd be like, well, yeah, we're going to go no matter what. And maybe that'd be good that, so we don't work so often. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I, I think that Mandatory that is a, fun. It is, it is a pro. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm stretching. Guaranteed time off. Okay. I, I can, well, I can guarantee vacation whether yeah. time off or not. <laughs> Partner resort access. That's kind of cool, right? You know, you can, you can see all find the a pools. sister resort somewhere yeah. else that, and you, you know, you know what you're getting into then hopefully, I guess. Here's the one I, I think is probably the biggest pro in my opinion is it is less responsibility from a maintenance standpoint, not, not money, but uh, it's lower responsibility than owning, right? When the water heater goes out, you're not fixing it. Uh, when the, I, I was going to say furnace, but there's probably not a furnace at your time. I mean, there is, but you yeah. don't own it. So you're, the maintenance is, you're going to have, you have maintenance fees. So you are kind right. of you're paying, paying for, for it. it. You're paying for you're it. You're not you know? having to take care of it. That's probably the better way of saying it. Cons, man. There's a lot of cons. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I might just say this is a con, but, uh, it's right up there with scams to me, but the fees, the fees are crazy. They go up, they're unpredictable. Um, yeah, the, the pro that I just talked about is only seemingly a pro really, cause you are going to pay for the maintenance. Okay. So I think like part of this, like you, the cost is huge, but I think like when you really dig in and you think about this just a few steps deeper, it's actually the whole business model. We just said mm-hmm. your dad was a plate licker. <laughs> he went into these things, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to get his free stuff and he, and that's fine. Most people can't survive that. So mm-hmm. he gets like, you know, fortitude points. Okay. I can tell you he would never do that again. Right. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. They attract people to these presentations that can't afford to be on vacation. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. They sell these things to people that can't afford to buy them. Oh, oh, oh. And yeah, while we're on that, right? That $22,000 that you probably don't have in your back pocket. We'd be pocket happy to finance up, that boom. for you. Yeah, they'll finance it yeah, for you for yeah. 14 or 15%. You it, know it. Exactly. They yeah. they will make this an Didn't easy transaction. Yeah. But this is like, like payday lending of the vacation world. Yeah. And it is targeted 
and they go after, they know exactly where to go to find these folks. You want free Disney tickets? It's going to cost you $60,000 over the next 10 years. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And oh, a day of your real vacation. Right, right. <laughs> the one you paid for. <laughs> Fees obviously are a concern. The difficulty of transferring or selling, Jason. And we've had clients that we've we've tried to help with this. And months and months and months. Of, I mean, if you want a new full-time job, okay. Yeah. Um, one, getting out of the contracts uh oftentimes takes a specialist, an attorney, someone that can navigate so more it. money. And it's Thousands More money? and yeah. thousands of dollars. This is not, <laughs> I would say on average, if I'm guessing here, but if you pay $22,000 up front, you should think it's going to take about that to get out. It's going to be in that ballpark. Yeah. Ouch. Okay. So it's not $22,000. It just isn't. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've had a but couple folks okay. who have actually gone to these experts. And that's another thing you have to watch out for is these quote unquote uh, experts who will get you out of a timeshare. Uh, thousands of dollars later, you're still not out. But there's no guarantee. Yep, there's no guarantee. Because the technique, I mean, actually going, taking these people to court is really hard. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not win because you signed a contract. Right. That is for life with your blood. Yeah. And, and you know, we're talking about selling. There's no real ownership going on here. Right, which is part of what makes us so difficult as I think far we as need selling. To, we need to design timeshare NFTs. It seems like we could be rich doing that. Oh boy, I don't have the brain capacity <laughs> to think about that right now. <laughs> Some other cons that are even more. We kind of talked about it, but uh, what about all the time that goes unused? Oh gosh, you paid for it. I, right? I, I think I saw. I just saw a stat. I was on the interweb, and it it was like. I think it's like 30% of the time it actually gets used in timeshares. Yeah. People own they them. They know it. And never They use know them. it when they sell it. They bank you, on right? it, actually, because the, they're overbooking these places mm-hmm. because they know people aren't coming. So you touched on something really interesting. It was the last point I had on the cons. I, if, if you'd be so kind and go into this a little bit more, estate issues, the estate issues that these can create. Tell me about your experience with that one a little bit. I've not had a client in this predicament, but it is something that can happen for sure. And when it happens, it's ugly as if estates aren't ugly enough. Yeah. So, I mean, especially when you have uh, multiple uh, beneficiaries or heirs that are left in the state. Um, So many times these, these contracts, they can like, they can smell when the estate has some assets Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be significant. Okay. Like it doesn't need to be like, $50 $50 million. It could be a million dollars or less. Um, and they will come after you for maintenance fees. Um, one that the estate probably owes mm-hmm. because they, the person got ill at the end of their life. Um, but then, then you have sibs, siblings and heirs that have to like, what do you, how do you split yeah. timeshare ownership? And guess what? Somebody will get in the pitch and they will drink the Kool-Aid yeah. and they'll be like, we got to keep this thing. There's, They are just absolutely brilliant at making these things live for multiple generations. Yeah. Okay. The scam continues. Yeah. yeah. And so it is It is the craziest thing I've seen where, where families will just continue to pay these things, even out of trust for years and years. And this thought that, oh, well, we can share the time. And, you know, yeah, you you can barely talk to your brother or your sister and you think you're going to be able to coordinate your, you know, three weeks of vacation at the time. Right, right, I, I right. mean, it's impossible. So 
most of the contracts now do have some kind of clause around death um, where they will allow you to exit, but you have to execute it. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we will let you get out when you die, essentially. I mean, it's generous. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, I'm glad they care about me so much. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a finance podcast and we're financial advisors, and that means we deal with investments. The idea of timeshares being an investment, Jason, what do you say to that? Because I've heard this, by the way. It's I mean, an investment. Putting $22,000 and $100 bills in your backseat when your window's open would be a better investment. Okay. It's not, it's not, not liquid. It's not real ownership. I like the uh, fake estate. I want to rip that up, but I got to give Dave Ramsey credit for that. Fake yeah. estate. It's fake estate. Yeah, not an investment in my opinion. This not would not be a way to diversify your portfolio. It's not real estate. It's it's fake estate. I, I mean, again, I think people get caught up in that whole like I want to take a vacation. Yeah. And don't forget that they're they're targeting the folks that can't afford this. So they're like, this is gonna be the only way that I'm gonna be able to take vacations on the regular. Well, okay. So let's talk about that because that might be the reason that some people do this. Hey, if we do this, we gotta take vacations. And I know that I'm not disciplined enough to save up that four fifty a night for that vacation that I want to take. Okay, well, let's talk about a different way to do this. Uh, we like to go back and, and uh, pull from other episodes. This is what sinking funds are for, Jason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So just because it it's uh, convenient or seems like a really good deal and you don't really have to put any real money up front doesn't mean it's a good deal. Okay. We, we can't endorse bad behavior. Uh, so go back to the sinking fund episode. Dig in. If you want to take a vacation, that's going to cost you $1,200 per person and your family set aside the money mm-hmm. every month. And, and look, if you can't afford it, you can't go on vacation. Okay. <laughs> there are things to do right here in your yeah, hometown. That's right. Go to the park. Spend because what is the what's the point? Right. You're spending time with your family, right? Well, and we're talking about the difference in taking a vacation or not taking a vacation and a lifetime commitment to exactly a poor financial uh move in the sake of vacation. Yeah, and, and nothing, family time. Nothing and like, in nothing like going on vacation after you've had a timeshare for five years and having a lot of negative feelings about the timeshare place you're going to right. with your family and just being ticked the entire time. <laughs> like that's gonna that's a setup for a quality vacation right there. You there. Go. Yeah. For I'd sure. rather have you get a tent and go to the state park and spend a week with your grandkids. Seriously. Yeah. Cause that's what really matters. Well, I don't think anybody's going to be able to muddle up this one. Uh, Jason, uh, you've been I'm, warned. I'm it. You've been warned. <laughs> Stay away from the free dinner. Look, we're not for it. We're not, not for even it. a little bit. Nope. I'm I, not a I, fan. I, those, I have benefited from other people using them, uh, but no, I would, I, I would say, so do stay they away. still own it? Like, do you know? I'm sure they do. Huh. So they live the best life ever. Like those retirement I don't brochures. think they're going. I don't think they're going, <laughs> quite honestly. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that about says it for us, Jason. Sure does. Let's close out the tab. Thanks for having a drink with us this week. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all of the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Jason and Caleb. Cheers. Yeah. 
Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.